0: someone out there no one knows his name no one knows his face oh no but now the most terrifying man in the city carries a badge it was unstable and there was a deceleration injury 13 old hanging. You really think a cop did this? Why not? Would you automatically assume that it was a police officer instead of some Lunatic dressed up like a cop. The fight squad. <laughs> He'll kill again. He enjoys killing. He strikes without cause, without mercy. He may be getting information from inside of the department. That means he is one of us. You see a cop, you crossed to the other side of the street. You're not gonna get me... Everybody who wants to shoot a cop nowadays has got one hell of an excuse. This so one is my personal life any of your business? Since your wife was found dead in the motel room. You gotta be wrong. You wanna see the pretty picture? Ah! It is where I can see them. Hold on, I, I didn't do any of this. When a cop turns killer... You have the right to remain silent forever. Ah! Maniac cop
1: Welcome to They Called This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to podcasts on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network. To find more from us, check out the website at themainedamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themainedamie. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Called This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, what's going
2: on, man? Hello. I can't wait for New York City Comic Con. That was what I got out of this movie. Could not wait to be walking them streets again. Now I'm curious. <laughs> why? I don't know. I saw New York and I was like, hey, I haven't been there in a while. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I was just yeah, walking the streets.
3: <laughs> I have not missed New York one bit
0: since I left. <laughs> it,
2: it was also that I watched this movie after having a conversation with my boss that the last time I literally left the city of Philadelphia for a vacation was Comic-Con 2019. Oh wow.
3: So, yeah, that's I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, that,
2: that might be most people on that we know, maybe. I don't know if you guys went things right before the pandemic, but I was just like, Wow, yeah, every time I've taken a vacation since that point, it's I've just stayed in Philly or <laughs> or gone over like to Jersey with you guys. Like it's <laughs> You're like a real life Charlie. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <I> never <laughs> leaves Philly.
2: Yeah. And then when this movie popped I was like, Oh yeah.
1: I remember outside. I remember outside <laughs> yeah. being in New York. You know. Bruce so. Campbell just living it up. Banging yeah. chicks in motels, no mask on. <laughs> uh, living super dangerously. <laughs> Didn't wrap it up two ways. Yeah, <laughs> on either <laughs> end. Before we get into Bruce Campbell and his uh, wandering dick, Guys, what have you been watching? I
3: watched
1: The Mitchells vs. the
3: Machines on Netflix. Okay. Fantastic movie. I I love that Sony animation is really stepping their game up. You know, Pixar actually has some competition now. Mm-hmm. They had, um obviously, Spider-Verse.
0: Yeah.
3: And uh, I love this movie. It's very, very unique, gotcha. very touching. Yeah, I, I would highly recommend it. I got the sniffles towards the end. It was, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, recommend it. It's very, it's very wacky. Uh, You you really have to suspend disbelief in this movie, but it works. Sure. Uh, And you'll, you'll see it's, it's got, it's got a good cast. It's got a good voice cast. The, uh, the animation again is just, it's very bright and it it stands out. It's, it's unique. So that, that would be my word for it. It's unique.
1: Okay. Yeah. We've been circling around it and haven't pulled the trigger on it i don't think my re- my wife really wants to watch it so i'll probably have to watch it on my own yeah just sneak sneak in some time to watch it
3: i think you'll enjoy it i hope you will because then you could come back here and be like i didn't fucking like it i heard great things
1: everything i've heard about it was that it's it's a lot of fun yes it definitely is
2: About you mark i didn't watch much this week but i will make you guys proud that i did Look multiple times on streaming sites for a movie to watch. So I'm getting close, guys, to actually watching movies outside of this podcast and not with Dan. So, step in the right direction. Uh, step in the right direction. I keep circling around Tenet, even though I'm going to hate it or possibly while watching it. Prime keeps, uh, due to the algorithm, just keeps wanting me to watch Fighting with My Family the well, they know About you. the wrestler page. I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. So. It's just always the first thing that pops up on my recommendations every time I go into Prime, oh. so I may end up watching that soon. Oh. But yeah, yeah, I actually went through all of them: Prime, Disney Plus, HBO Max. It's going, hey, I feel like watching a movie, and just didn't settle on anything, and then just watch more people play Resident Evil Village. <laughs> <laughs> <It's
1: really funny. laughs> um, my. Amazon Prime algorithm is all fucked up because of this podcast. Yes. Yeah. it's, it's all all literally like
2: fighting with my family and then all of the shitty stuff we've watched on this podcast that is yeah. comparable. It's like, do you want to watch The Mutilator? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I've seen it before, but kind of. <laughs> God damn it, Amazon, you know me so well. Yeah. As for me, I watched one movie this week. It was... Netflix, another Netflix movie called The Woman in the Window. This boasts a, ca- a pretty impressive cast Amy Adams, Julianne Moore, Anthony Mackie Gary Oldman, Wyatt Russell, and I think there's somebody else, but yeah, that's a pretty great cast. The movie is not great. It's okay. It's one of these thriller mystery books that became a, a bestseller, so they immediately rushed it into production. I believe it was supposed to go into theaters. But um, because of the pandemic, it just they sold it to Netflix. It's it starts off, you know, these movies now I go into these movies, assuming that everybody is a figment of the main character's imagination. And then it's the it's job to tell me I'm wrong. That's how I watch these movies from now on. Everybody is an, imagine, an imaginary person because she's got like agoraphobia and she witnesses a murder across the street. Very similar to a rear window. It's very influenced by like 50s pulp film noir movies and then it just turns into this real schlocky movie in the last the last (laughs) act out of nowhere it just goes nuts from what i
3: remember in the trailer they kind of make it that old shtick where amy adams is you know she's not remembering things correctly right it's like oh she didn't see anything because she's crazy or like she's imagining things well, is she's that like, kind of how they went
1: she's like agoraphobic so she's on all these medications that right. uh, and she's drinking on these medications so that might cause hallucinations brian Tyree henry was the was the person i forgot uh, paperboy from atlanta and yeah it was just like for the cast, which the cast was in, was pretty great, most of them aren't in it for very long. They've got, you know, one or two scenes. Jennifer Jason Leigh is in it, too. Hmm. But they all have, so, like, Amy Adams is, like, the main character, and then everybody else has, like, two or three scenes, maybe. So they probably got them on the cheap, just to kind of fill it out. It's okay. I got, like, I guessed half of the twists right. Again, you know, it's hard for me to not just assume, even when it's like the obvious answer, you know, this movie is set up to, it's trying to make you think that it's all in her head. And I'm like, well, it probably is (laughs) because of all the movies that have preceded this. (laughs) It, It doesn't sound like it does anything unique. No, it's it's it points to its reference. It's uh, influences very strong because she's, you know, agoraphobic. she got a bunch of movies. So she's always watching old movies. So she's watching like charade and all that kind of stuff. I think she even watches Rear Window at one point. Oh, man, that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> but it's OK. It was OK. It's like a five. Yeah, Not that's, terrible. With, with that kind of cast, you hate to see it. It happens yeah. a lot, though. Was that? It happens a good amount. Yeah, I mean, when's the last time you watched a Netflix movie besides the the Mitchell? I guess the Mitchells versus the Robots or whatever it's called. I guess is the answer for you. But like, how often do you watch a Netflix movie and you're just blown away by it?
3: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I've seen a lot where I've enjoyed them, but never to the point where it's like, oh my god, like
0: you, you
3: have to see this movie. Yeah. You know it, Yeah, I I can't remember again because amazon because of this podcast it's that's really my bread and butter <laughs> everything else is like simpsons or just like random random things yeah yeah it's been a long time since i've actually now that you think about it like since i've seen a movie where i was really blown away yeah by how good it was like maybe
1: for me the the answer is probably end game i was like okay. holy
3: shit that was awesome yeah and, i mean uh, we
1: didn't even bother we didn't even bother to do a favorite movies of 2020 because obviously last year was all fucked up yeah so it's been a while you, you got a point yeah but that's all i watched really we got a switch so we've been playing switch a lot so oh that's cool it's dangerous <laughs> yeah
3: so what, what games did you get
1: so we got luigi's mansion which we haven't played yet but we've been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons was one that we've started playing now. And the other farm one, which I can't say. Uh, Stardew Valley? Of, Stardew Valley. That's there it. There you go. So I'm playing that. And also like the, the retro games that you could w- play on it. I'm trying not to play Donkey Kong because I am not good at that. Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> which I realize I am not good at that game. Well, when we see each other, I'll give you pointers. I'll help you out. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: Any reason to play Donkey Kong, really. Yeah.
1: My wife is good at it, apparently. And she wanted me to tell you guys how bad (laughs) bad I am at that game and how much better she is at it than I am. Because I lost all... She had accumulated about eight lives, and I lost them all in a span of however long it took her to make popcorn. I lost them all. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you just, like... You, that happens and you just put the switch down and run away. <laughs> oh, I don't know what happened. Oh, I was giving her a game. I, I was giving her commentary as it was happening. <laughs> like, so I just fell down the like, hole. I, like, I don't know what's going on, but I can't do this game. <laughs> <laughs> In the the
3: text message. So, for you know, just to peel back the, the layers here. We're all friends. If you haven't, you know, gathered. We We talk to share Trump. each
1: other's phone numbers. We do.
3: So when you were messaging us, like, yeah, the armadillos, I couldn't get over them. I'm like, oh, they're like the
1: first enemy you come across in the game, I think. The armadillos. I couldn't, I couldn't get their timing. I oh, just okay. couldn't figure it out. Whatever For whatever reason, it was just like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand. <laughs> how... <laughs> if I remember correctly, they roll. Yeah. Okay. But just the timing <laughs> of the roll, I could not handle. I think mean, it's, it's a bad night. I think it was just a bad night. Yeah. You. It's,
2: it. it's amazing with games like that, like how it becomes like muscle memory. Like I don't know how long it's been since Lynn's played that game. Oh, I, I,
1: it's probably been like twenty years, but she picked it up pretty quick. And yeah. that was, it
2: was, I was like, she
1: gave me like level five to play, and mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember really playing it all that much when okay. I was a kid.
2: Yeah, because my sister did the same thing with Mario Three. To the shock of her daughters. Yeah. She, she hasn't was able played to that game since like the early nineties, picked it up and just went through World One without losing a life. That's awesome. Just, just like hasn't touched video games since then and just muscle memory and got it back.
3: I'm telling you, like this is gonna be like super braggadocious and for all the ladies out there, calm yourselves. I could pick up Donkey Kong Country Two, and I know where like all of the bonus levels are. And all of the secret coins. That's my mutant ability.
2: Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous with 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 that kind of stuff. Like like at least we st- we stay engaged with video games a little bit. Yeah. But, but like I'm sure the two examples we used are people that maybe have touched the controller once uh, every five six years. Yeah. You know. Like, that's mm-hmm. yeah, pretty
1: cool though. Yeah, she's liking really she's cool. liking the Switch though. So that's, that's a, it's good. a good purchase for sure. I bought it for her yeah. and a little bit you. A
2: little yeah, bit me. She, and if she I likes retro stuff there's a lot of it.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So you had to sign up for the uh Nintendo and Super Nintendo, right? The yeah. that thing.
2: It's ridiculously cheap.
3: Yeah, it's like a dollar or something like that. It's like,
2: 3 hours a month and like $20 a year.
3: Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a no-brainer.
1: I guess that's all we watched this week. Yeah. So we are going to take a quick break unless this is ads so we can pay those bills. And we'll be right back. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was my pick. And I wanted to do a horror movie this week. We haven't done a horror movie in a while. We did Leprechaun. We did, uh, I guess, Nothing But Trouble was technically a horror comedy. But, like, nothing that was a serious horror movie. Like, a movie that took its horror seriously. So, looked on, went to Shudder, see what they had to offer. While after looking over a couple of different options, I wound up choosing Maniac Cop specifically because of their cast. And the cast list is pretty amazing. It's got Tom Atkins, fan, friend of the show, Tom Atkins. Yeah. You know, he doesn't realize it, but he's a friend of the show. <laughs> um, Bruce Campbell, Richard Roundtree, and Robert Zidar, the real star of this movie. Fellas, where are you coming from with Maniac Cop? Dan? Well, I just like to call it cop. You know what I mean, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, this sort of is A Cap the movie, isn't it? <laughs>
3: big time. Oh, big. There, it's very self-aware. There is a whole scene where they're uh, they're interviewing, I guess, civilians on the street, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, like, I know plenty of people who have been killed by cops, and uh, they didn't do they didn't do anything wrong." And it's like, "Holy shit, this was 1988."
2: Yeah. <laughs> and they had the one bootlicker. That was yeah. Like, yeah, they used to just hit you with the, the slapjack, and then everybody would listen.
3: That that, that guy screamed uh, boomer energy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I had never seen this movie, but again, when, when Anthony brought to us the, the cast, and you, you, listen, you have Tom Atkins, you have Bruce Campbell. You don't stay no to that. That pairing should have happened more than once,
0: mm-hmm.
3: because, I mean, those are horror B-movie horror royalty.
2: I love that I knew the first three or four names all on the list like Atkins comes up and then Bruce Campbell and then Richard Roundtree pops up and it's just like, oh, okay. I may have missed the message from Atkins people in this movie. It felt like every like 80s New York movie that you see in terms of all the all the establishing shots and stuff and I think that's what I liked about it, you know, that that it felt very much of, of that time and didn't didn't try to do too much in terms of making it too wacky outside of the you know the killer but in this genre you have to do that but everything felt very normal new york from at least the movies that i've seen you know the cops go to a bar and they meet with the reporters at a bar you know and uh, everybody seems to know that cop even the ladies of the night when he drives by felt very much that time period the pre-giuliani new york yeah Um, when it was New York? Yeah, when it was New York. Tom Atkins is basically becoming in a category that on the actor side used to be only fulfilled by Sam Rockwell. In the fact that if Ant says a movie has Tom Atkins in it, I am immediately watching it.
0: Uh-huh. No
2: matter if I know the plot. I've only seen him before we started this podcast in Season of the Witch, which again was forced upon me is probably the wrong word <laughs> <laughs> by Anthony. Because those of you didn't know, know out there, I'm not much into the horror genre as much as these two are but everything i've seen him in since i'm like now i want to see him in everything that that he's done it took me a few seconds to recognize bruce campbell <laughs> sure. this was like oh 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 okay because i thought he was going to be the killer okay you know
1: yeah this is this is pre uh getting enormous yeah bruce campbell
2: yeah mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he's,
1: he's he's big now
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it was just yeah, everything about this movie I liked. It's been a while since I've been able to say it out about something we've watched on this show. But yeah, it was it was well done. There were times I was infuriated, but obviously that's that's the genre of movie it's and <laughs> like people have to be idiots to sure. make the plot work. But yeah, yeah, I was I was very very
1: pleased. Yeah. I have never seen Maniac Cop. This is my first time. Uh, I thought about doing this movie for a while. Thought about doing Maniac Cop 2 for a while, but uh, never really pulled the trigger until I realized we hadn't really done a horror movie in a while. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It's not as crazy as I thought it was going to be. It's pretty standard. Your standard kind of killer, almost superhuman sort of killer. Not unlike Friday the 13th, just set in New York City. And he's killing cops that did him wrong. It is In this climate, it's crazy. Crazy to watch this movie and it just kind of hit the same notes that you would expect the movie from 2020 or 2021 to hit about the relationship between cops and civilians and and how like they specifically say things like cops become cops so they can be killers (laughs) (laughs) it's it's kind of wild but yeah tom atkins is awesome bruce campbell was good in it robert Zadar. Robert Zidar's got some face, doesn't he? <laughs> hit, that, chin, that, that chin takes up the entire screen, man.
2: Really, I think that's why I liked it, Ant, is yeah. your thing that it's not too wacky. Yeah. You know, it's it's like just enough. I thought um, it was pretty wacky. You, <laughs> you know, that you get it. It's not like he's not doing stuff that stretches the my need to suspend disbelief. Sure. In this, but it's has enough of that insane stuff to make it an Enjoy Sure.
3: I didn't... I liked this movie for about two-thirds of it. And then I found myself getting kind of bored towards the end. Sure. Because it it turned into more of like an action movie. And I was like, ah, you know, it, it kind of got rid of the horror aspect of it. And I didn't like the direction they went with the maniac, the killer, and how he kind of had someone helping him. Yeah, like, I would have rather just seen this dude, you know, he came back from the dead and he's he's exacting his revenge on New York for some reason. Yeah, I, I thought they took it an interesting way. I, Tom Atkins was awesome in it as the uh, like pretty much the guy who's he he's questioning everything. He's, I love when Atkins is faced with that that somber moment. He He delivers those somber moments so well in any movie he's in like where he really has to deliver a line yeah. that you know like he's all on his own and he's the only in every movie he's the only one who <laughs> believes what's going on yeah he can see through the bullshit and he delivers those lines just like you know he knows like well, why could why would he be he's a cop goddamn it and it couldn't be him and you just you feel like yeah yeah tom you know <laughs> you know better that's why i root for tom atkins because he he he's what we need now because he could see through the bullshit
2: yeah you can correct me if i'm wrong because you just watched it slightly more recently to me yet. does he ever light his cigarette that's a fair
1: question i have no idea i wasn't paying that close attention <laughs> i've seen cigarette. him put
2: it in his mouth multiple times but i never know if i remember him lighting it
1: the only issue with this
3: movie is tom atkins doesn't nail a chick like he does in every movie, like a super smoking hot chick.
1: There I mean, is he he totally has banged the reporter though. Yeah, you would think so. I, there's
3: definitely chemistry there, but at least in season of the witch, it's uh, I think he's married in
1: season of the witch. Is he not? I think he's divorced or separated. Oh, he's div- okay, but yeah, he's, he's fucking uh, he is fucking everybody in that movie. Right. <laughs> Several nurses, <laughs> and then obviously uh, uh, the the girl. And I think in Night of the Creeps, I think he's
3: think he's getting in on with someone as well.
1: I remember it's been a while. It's been a while.
3: Time. But I'm yeah, just assuming, I you know, mean, he's just I mean, wherever he, he pre- walks.
2: He pretty much had Officer Mallory ready. <laughs> I guess. You know, when he goes, here's the key to my unit, you <laughs> oh, know, my apartment, you know. I thought you were was, talking I about... I thought you we were going to be with me. He's like, no, I got
1: things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he totally could have fucked her. I love how the fact that he... Works with Sally, the woman that is helping Maniac Cop, and he must have been working with her for twenty years. He has no idea who she is because he doesn't want to fuck her.
3: <laughs> That's probably what it was. <laughs> like he, and the first thing he notices her, her gimpy leg. Yeah. He's like, oh god.
1: Because he knows every he knows every woman that he he thinks is fuckable. He knows them. He knows the girl at the bar who dies in the first in the opening. Yeah. He knows the reporter who he's definitely fucked before. He knows Teresa. Those are the three women in the movie. He knows, like... Oh yeah, I totally know who Teresa is. I totally know this this reporter. And I totally know that girl that died in the beginning cuz they're all fuckable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's no. Ooh, there's nice. someone in the department named Sally? <laughs> even one no guy, one's told me. Even that one guy is like, "Ah, she was never much to look at." <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Like, man, this guy knows this guy
3: knows everything. This cop basically knows the entire mystery and he's breaking it
1: down. For Tom Atkins, officer officer exposition,
3: (laughs) right? Like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, Officer Cordell, yeah. Like, I knew that guy. That is to say, I know him. But he, like, he knows everything about this guy. He was murdered. He was set up by the city. Well, holy shit! Now we know for sure who it is.
2: Those damn politicians making <laughs> making him want to keep, hold cops accountable. <laughs> right. Damn them. That is right.
1: the entire crux of this movie <laughs> that this guy cheats death to come back and exact a revenge on the people that held him accountable for his actions. And he, he only gets one of them. Yeah. Right? He, right? he, he gets the commissioner. I think he did, yeah. it's the captain. He does get the captain, but the captain I don't think is I don't think the captain did anything. No. I'm not sure. Yeah, he he exacts he his revenge. Mayor.
3: He wants the mayor. He doesn't get close to the mayor. No. Uh, he exacts his revenge on a bartender yep. in the first scene. Yeah, that that'll that'll show him.
2: Yeah, I think the only one that doesn't match up victim-wise is that guy that he handcuffs, like the two victims in the middle from the beginning until they kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like the rest of them all have some connection to cops. Like.
3: I guess so. Yeah, yeah I mean, he kills a bunch of cops.
1: He kills yeah. cops. He well, he kills. So he kills the the first girl who I guess is working at a cop bar. bar. That's a mm-hmm. that's a thin relation. And there's the guy he handcuffs, which we don't know what his relationship would be. The guy that he sticks in the uh, the cement, and the guy uh,
2: in the in the car,
1: and the guy in the car that he throws through the windshield. That guy didn't have a relationship yeah. to the cops. Yeah, which that's what I'm just, saying.
2: Those two and then everything else is basically som- somewhat connected. Yeah.
1: So they do say at some point that it's her. It's Sal- Sally. goes to him. Like, I thought you were just going to kill the people that were... or kill. I thought you were going to kill killers and drug dealers and the people that did this to you, not innocent people. Which I guess is like, yeah, that's how we cover that one up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like... All right, well, you're saying his M.O. is that he's trying to kill the people, that this, but most of his body count has nothing to do with that. No, yeah, the, the majority of it is innocent people. Yeah. It's, it makes him a maniac, though, I guess. It does, that, yeah.
2: <laughs> and and part of the cab is as well as the little racial profiling sprinkled in at the very beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah, when she
1: has to say Puerto Ricans, those two <laughs> Puerto Rican guys <laughs> are after me. <laughs> Just like, man, why is it Why is she gotta call them out by their possible ethnicity?
2: <laughs>
3: well, New York in nineteen eighty eight, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like how do you know? How do you know they're Puerto Rican? <laughs> yeah. And it then the cops the answered right. was like, no, it has to be those two guys. <laughs> well,
3: to be fair, there there is a witness, I think that's why
1: the cop says that. Right, because then the witness yeah
2: mentioned they, those two they were,
3: guys.
1: They were yeah, fingered as someone, uh, a couple guys that were hassling, that were attacking her. They yeah. did mug her. Yeah, yeah, they, it, I'm sure they tried to rape her. They followed yeah. her, which was weird. I yeah, feel like usually once, that doesn't happen. Yeah, you probably wouldn't want to like chase after like. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never tried to attack somebody at night in New York City. <laughs> you sure you haven't? <laughs> but if <laughs> I'm, I did, I'm gonna, this
3: is how I would do it. <laughs>
1: Holds for edit point, so I don't
2: incriminate myself. <laughs> yeah, I love the uh, the Tom Atkins moment where he goes, look at that hand mark on that third. Do you think anyone of those Scrum Guts could have done it? And the other cop's just basically like, ah, it's too much paperwork to do more than this. Let's just put them away. Well, <laughs> the answer should have been maybe...
3: That's why it's our job to investigate it.
1: <laughs> I'm am assuming those two guys rotted in a jail cell yep. for the oh, rest yeah. for the rest of their lives. Oh yeah, they, those Lost guys the were on that one. They, they were definitely casualties of the system.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think there was definitely some things I enjoyed about it. I loved the mystery at the beginning. Was it Tom Atkins? Was it Bruce Campbell? Is it uh, a wild card? And I kind of wanted it to be Tom Atkins, but knowing that we we saw basically uh, Jaws from James Bond is in this
0: movie, (laughs) Uh, I was like,
3: well, it's got to be him. But I held out hope, because I thought that would have been cool. Like, you know, Tom Atkins was like a jaded cop. Like, oh, you know, they they weren't going to give him his pension or something like that. I don't know. It's funny,
1: uh, because there really was a mystery to it, because in the opening credits, you see Maniac Cop getting dressed, and you see his name tag that says Cordell on it
3: <laughs> i didn't notice that yeah oh he it was like a batman montage at the beginning right <laughs> yeah he's putting the, the the boots on and then the the the, uh, the cowl and all that wait that, that would have been awesome it's maniac cop not as cool not as cool putting on his his little cap yeah his and, white uh, gloves his white gloves yeah his uni yeah this movie was um I, I overall I enjoyed it, but I got I did find myself getting a little bored. Yeah. And the ending the ending was like laughable for me where he he raises his hand from the pier. There's like a hundred people there. Someone probably would be like, Hey,
1: we got one. <laughs> there I, I see you. <laughs> There's some some beat cop season, he's like, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut. Right
3: it's like that, that scene in the
1: in the town. Where the, they they roll up with all the
3: automatic weapons and the, the yeah. cop is just like, Nope, not today and looks the <laughs> other way. That that would be my how I would be a cop, by the way. Yeah. So I, I didn't see anything ever. Yep. Like Officer Aquino, like you, you've never arrested anybody or done anything. No, you know, I I don't see any crime. It's it's weird. I
1: don't know what to tell you. It's Yeah. I'd be if I were a cop, every woman that cried would immediately not get a ticket. <laughs> oh, oh my god, not, stop, stop. No. All right, just don't do it again, please. Sorry. I,
3: even guys who cry, I'd probably
1: start to feel really awkward. <laughs> okay, man, but get it together. Just, just don't do it again. So, Maniac Cop from 1988 is directed by William Lustig, who did Maniac Cop 1, 2, and 3, and the movie Maniac, as directed by Larry Cohen, who wrote, besides this movie, he also wrote It's Alive. He also wrote Cue the Winged Serpent. It's a great. The Stuff. Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop 2. Maniac Cop 3. Uh, he's oh, full brother, smooth. where art thou? <laughs> and that's about it. He's got some some interesting ones. Cellular. The Jason Statham movie. I think Chris Evans is in that one. Oh, really? booth. He wrote. Wow. Yeah, this guy has a pretty extensive career. Yeah. Wrote a lot of TV. Yeah, That's awesome a lot of stuff. It, it,
3: it, you could definitely see the the parallels between Maniac Cop and Maniac. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, other than the title, the aesthetic is super super
1: similar. Super dirty New York. Yeah, very grungy, very dirty. Kind of love those movies though. These movies that just like we got about a half a million dollar budget. We're going to shoot mostly at night. And we're going to steal scene, steal shots for, on the New York City street without permits as fast as we can. Yeah. And we're going to find the shittiest apartment buildings to shoot in. This movie's like Basket Case, it reminds me of. Oh, yeah. Just like a really seedy motel. Yeah. Brain Damage, I think, is another one. Like, yep. real gross New York mid-80s. Yeah. Stars, Tom Atkins, Bruce Campbell, Irene Landon richard rantry robert zadar william smith Cherie north and nina Arvisons. imdb score of 6.0 and a rotten tomato score of 50 percent not bad at all budget 1.1 $1. 1 million dollars box office 671 thousand dollars close but no cigar yeah how I mean, did this you get a see- sequel was i made two sequels yeah that's wild i guess when you're you know it's a low risk sort of movie you're only spending a million dollars i mean i'm sure it is surprising it only made that much because you know horror movies just made gangbusters in in theaters
3: yeah yeah that's that is surprising and like this movie's competent enough where you could imagine it making its money
1: yeah Not exactly, it might not have gone to a whole lot of theaters. I could see that happening. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's, and
3: like you said, I don't think Bruce Campbell was really, I don't think he was like a big name, a big name yet. I mean, obviously he was in Evil Dead. Yeah. When did Evil Dead 2 come out? It had to have been around that time too, right?
1: Uh, I think so.
3: 87. So it was the year before. Year before. So yeah, I, I guess he was just really starting to get that, that popularity. Yeah. I mean, he's
1: still just doing genre movies though hmm he looked
3: great in this movie by the way yeah and he when they uh, when the wife catches him in bed with the other cop and they never really delve into that other than just like yeah you know you cheated on
1: your wife yeah, the end yep. <laughs> <laughs> but he, yeah he has his shirt off he looks good he kind of gets over the fact that his uh, wife was dead pretty
3: i think that happens when you're uh when you're you know banging some strange it, i think it's a little it softens the blow
1: I mean, not strange. It is his, his
3: partner. That is true. Yeah, he he did know her. Okay, so, but still, I think it it uh, lessens the blow when you're already you've pretty right. much moved on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they do
1: have a very strained relationship to say the least. Yeah, I'm
3: glad that maybe they did that on purpose, where it was like, yeah, hey, listen, you guys hate each other, so it's gonna be totally okay when you find him, you know, giving it to his partner. <laughs>
1: Is this Sam Raimi or Ted Raimi? I thought it was Ted Raimi, but the trivia it looks says like Sam. I think it might be Sam. The reporter. Yeah. It looks like him. Sam Raimi. Yep. Sam Raimi is the parade reporter here. Yep. That's cool. That's a nice little uh addition. Call back to Evil Dead. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, anytime you see
3: those he's he's a decent fill in, you know, like it he doesn't like it's not like uh M. Night Shyamalan right. when he kinda forces himself into his movies. <laughs> It's like, oh, God.
1: Yeah. Uh, you guys want to get into the plot? Sure. What yeah, you do you got for us, Dan?
3: Okay. So just going to give a quick shout out to our good friend, listener of the podcast, Tia, and her podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. It's a weekly podcast where Tia and her her best friend, her bestest friend, I'm going to assume, Brittany, get together and they discuss top ten lists. So, you know, just the top ten horror movies, top ten mothers in uh, in TV or movies. A lot of different subjects. I'm sure there's something for everybody. If you want to give it a listen, go to her Twitter. It's TC underscore Stark, and she posts her stuff there. Geek Vibes Nation also posts it, I believe, and she is the head writer for Geek Vibes Nation. So you can find her there on Twitter or at Geek Vibes Nation.
1: Great. And we are going to take a quick break, and you are going to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. We will be back in a second. Hey, this is 10M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show hashtag 607 podcast info and parlay points our companion block section of the show thanks for listening to the odph now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast
0: welcome travelers seems like you're looking for a story well i got one for you it involves adventure friendship and all hey, sorts of... Hey,
1: uh, Earl, why don't you tell them about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell them about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him. Do I need to get up. my ref gear
0: on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey
1: everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks and welcome back now it's time to get into the plot for maniac cop we open on a faceless police officer getting dressed into his uniform in a stylized slow-mo shots against black background as the credits roll the badge says cordell so no mystery in this movie
2: <laughs> i just want to make sure we note that i love the music in this opening okay the music was fantastic it's, it's very really set the mood then
1: we cut to a woman that are leaving a, a Manhattan bar at night alone. There's lightning, but also no evidence of a storm anywhere, so I don't know why. She walks down what appears to be a Greenwich Village street when she's jumped by a couple of street toughs looking to take advantage of her. She fights them off with a purse and runs off as an unhelpful resident looks on and minds his own business. Toughs chase after her until she hides out in a playground in the park as they search for her. She runs off further into the park. She comes across a police officer. So she goes up to him to help, unnecessarily labeling the two men as Puerto Ricans, (laughs) where the officer grabs her by the neck and snaps it as the Tufts look on.
3: I love that part where the uh, thugs, is that an okay word to use here? The thugs, the uh, would-be muggers. I like how they're looking on, and then they're like, they feel bad for the woman. Like, you were going to do something (laughs) kind of similar. Like, like now you kind of know what it's like. (laughs) Shit, We were going to do that. Real rude awakening. <laughs> <Right>. oh, <laughs> We're <man>. monsters, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So that's what it looks like. Oh
1: well, we we have to like rethink our our, uh, our actions here. Real sobering moment for those two toughs, street toughs. The next morning, the cops have taped off the crime scene, and the two toughs are arrested. The detective Frank McRae, played by Tom Atkins, walks into the coroner's office. Coroner tells Frank that she died from a snapped vertebrae and a crushed larynx. Frank doesn't believe that the two Tufts could have done something like this with their bare hands. Frank mentions he knew the girl, and that Tufts said it was a cop that did it, and he thinks it's a possibility. Later, a couple is driving erratically, passing a drink back and forth in the car, when the guy slams on the brakes, nearly running a red light.
2: You know, the 80s.
1: Yeah, can drive around (laughs) drunk, just slap on the wrist, telling you, get home, you crazy kids. Except for when you run into a maniac cop, though. Uh, as the couple makes out at the light, cop comes up and knocks on the window and motions for the guy to step out of the car. Guy does, and the cop makes him do a breathalyzer. And then when he's doing so, the cop slashes the guy in the face and throat with a knife, and then tosses him into the windshield.
2: Yeah, my favorite part of this whole scene was the guy walks up to him, you know, after doing all the drinking and driving and almost running a red light in the car, and goes, "Hey man, I can't get any more tickets. I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose my, <laughs> my license." <laughs>
1: That's what you tell the cop. <laughs> Remember, kids, don't tell the cop shit. Right. Yeah, lawyer up. <laughs> so the girl freaks out after her boyfriend goes to the windshield, and she gets away into the driver's side and then drives off. Frank gets called into the police commissioner's office, played by Richard Roundtree. Commish is a little pissed off that Frank is going around saying that he thinks that it's a cop that's been, do- that's been killing all these people. Commish wishes he puts out the theory that it's a person dressed as a police officer in order to discredit the force. Frank says that he wants to investigate the the police, look for someone with a history of mental disturbances, but the commish tells him to keep it quiet. And then the commish questions whether or not Frank could have done it, because Frank tried to kill himself after his partner was killed ten years prior. At night, a random guy tries to get into his car, but Maniac Cop pops up and slaps a pair of handcuffs on him behind his back. The guy tries to make a break for it and manages to get to an apartment building, but no one will answer the door, so he goes running until he falls over wet cement, and then Maniac Cop drowns him in wet cement pretty cool kill
3: yeah you don't see that very often
1: no especially when in the morning they have to jackhammer his head out <laughs> of the sidewalk <laughs> that must have been pretty debilitating for those workers right <laughs> like right. you got to work around
3: that body uh <laughs> get to it
2: and it shows you how long he's been there yeah. hours it and, 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 and was able to, to solidify right in in new
3: york city that no, no one walked by there or, judging by the beginning, someone did and just minded their own
1: business. Yeah, no, not know? for me. Well,
2: it was the it was the Warriors version of New York, so.
3: Oh, okay.
1: That's fair. <laughs> so Frank meets with Gina, a New York news reporter whom Frank has no doubt fucked before. Because it's Tom Atkins and the only constant in Tom Atkins movies is his love of cheap beer and pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, was in
3: your, that was in your notes, right? Yeah. I'm glad that yeah. you wrote that sentence down. <laughs> <A> great <laughs> sentence. I was just imagine you're like, yep, cheap beer and pussy.
1: <laughs> he tells her that she needs to get the word out about maniac cops so that people are aware and wary of cops. So she does a news report the next night and gets the public into a frenzy. And we see one woman get pulled over by a cop and she blows his head off. But he's not the guy. He's just some, it had to be some rookie cop. He looked like he was like 16 years old. And his head gets blown the fuck off. <laughs> That's I wonder weird. what she was pulled over for. I don't know. I don't even know she. I don't know even know she was pulled over or she was like lost, so she pulls over. So the cop pulls over to see if she he could help her. I think. Yeah, that's a good point. Is it just,
3: or maybe she's like loitering or something. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, that but, cop uh,
1: made a big mistake. They put it all into that squib. <laughs> they did. Yeah, it, that was a pretty brutal kill. So the commissioner has a meeting with the police captain and uh, counselor for the city. Captain is really upset about the state of things and what it's like to be a cop now. Boo-hoo. He says everyone is trying to get the cop to pull them over for a speeding ticket killed by ch- claiming that they're the maniac cop. And the counselor is going full mayor from Jaws, worrying about the tourism numbers, which apparently he's got numbers for about a three-day span. <laughs> <laughs> Tourism's York. down 38%. We got to do something about this. <laughs> I think Nobody's it's going New to rats anymore. <laughs> right. You'll be fine. People People will come. Yeah, I don't know why. I think we've talked about it on this podcast before about the unappealing idea of having a t- having a vacation in New York City, but that's people, do yeah. people do it. People do it. It's not worth it, everybody. Right. Stay, Stay away. <laughs> our, our friend from the Isle of Man, do not come to New York City <laughs> on uh, on holiday. Yeah, ain't worth it. Like three days tops, and you've seen what you need to see.
2: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> that's the why commission- I like Comic Con.
1: There you go. That's true. Yeah, you just get those three
3: days and you're done.
1: Yeah. The commish issues a challenge to the police captain. The captain says he's going to get him, but he always is one step ahead of him. The reason that he's getting inside info, and that must mean that he is a cop. And then we cut to Officer Jack Forrest getting ready for work. His wife, Ellen, meanwhile, is cutting out newspaper clippings of the maniac cop. It is obviously a strained marriage to the point where the wife may think that her husband may be the maniac cop. They have an argument over their relationship, and he goes to work. When he leaves, he gets a call from a woman telling Ellen that Jack is going out to kill more people. So the wife grabs a gun and sets out to follow her husband. She follows Jack to a seedy motel, and it turns out that Jack is just fucking his his police partner. Jack sort of almost blames his wife for catching him. (laughs) But, you know, in
3: hindsight, you know, if someone calls you and it's like, yeah, your your husband's the maniac cop, and then you find him just banging another woman, I'd feel a little bit more relieved. Yeah, oh, thank right. God he's
1: not murdering people. Yeah. He's just murdering pussy. It's fine. <laughs> just slaying that poon. <laughs> <laughs> it is true though. Yeah, I would be relieved. It's like, oh yeah. thank God I'm not married to a murderer. He's just a an asshole. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He's just an adulterer. It's way better. <laughs> uh, I mean, she's the one that stopped going to marriage counseling. It is her fault. <laughs> As Bruce Campbell is very
3: quick to uh point out. This yep. is on you.
1: Yeah. And she, shouldn't, she didn't have to follow him. That's what he says. Why did you follow me? <laughs> you know, I can only
3: imagine in that situation, if you're a guy, you're definitely grasping at straws yeah. for just anything at that point, right? Just
1: dead to rights, yeah. Yeah, literally with
3: your pants down. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, why did you follow me? I wanted to tell you. He goes through the whole shebang. Yeah. And I get it. <laughs> I'm I'm with Bruce Campbell on this.
1: Yeah, it's like, why'd you follow me? Because I'm suspicious of you for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even try to, like, chase after her. Nope. Like, right, Well, that that's done. Yep, so I'm going to hear about that tomorrow. <laughs> right. But I guess he didn't even bother to, like, check in on her because he doesn't realize that she's dead until the captain tells him. Right, like, he, so he doesn't go home for the night? Well, no, he definitely stayed the night at the motel. Right. So I guess that's... Maniac Cop was just hanging out in the van waiting for him to leave the motel so he could place the body in there. Right. It worked out perfectly. Yeah. Maniac cop. He just, he plays a long game. Yeah. Is he truly a maniac? He doesn't seem like it. He no, seems he's, too plotting. He's very
3: calculated, calculated <laughs> cop. That's what he is.
1: <laughs> and then she pulls a gun on both of them and then they run, and then she runs off. Maniac cop snatches her ass up and pulls her into an unmarked van. In the morning, Maid goes to, to clean the motel room, and she finds the wife's lifeless body in the bed, her throat slashed. So Captain Ripley, like the police station, walks into the squad room and pulls Jack Forrest out to talk to him. He starts questioning Forrest about his marriage. He tells Jack that his wife was found dead with her throat slashed. And then Jack admits to Ripley that he was in the motel room last night, so Ripley says that he has to read him his rights. Jack is arrested, and Frank and Captain Ripley are interrogating him. Jack does admit that he was seeing someone, and then his lawyer shows up. His lawyer ushers the cops outside, and basically he tells Jack that he thinks he killed those people and then that they're going to figure out a defense. Jack says he has a witness that says he didn't do it, but doesn't want to name her until he needs to because it could ruin her career. So Frank and Captain Ripley have a drink at the bar as they watch a news report of civilians talking about how much they don't trust cops. A cab, baby. You know,
3: going back, if I'm Bruce Campbell and it's like, hey, like you have a witness for an alibi... I don't wanna I don't wanna bring her in, it might ruin me. I would have name dropped so fast. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm wanted for murder here, essentially, right? And yep. they got me dead to rights. I'm sorry, I'm throwing you under the bus with me, sweetheart. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, why haven't you come forward yet saying that I didn't kill anybody? <laughs> right. Yeah. And she knows about it. Yeah. So she to help her brother out. She she goes to work that day. She's like, yeah. all right, well, my lover is in jail right now because they think he murdered people. But uh, I'm gonna out here pretend to be a hooker. Best of luck. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess maybe she didn't have the days off. Justice will pre- will prevail. That's what it That's is. That's the whole thing. Jack ju- Jack has full faith in the legal system that he's going to get off because he didn't do it.
3: Mm, nope. Just it's not. It doesn't work like that sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah. A Little boy scout. Yeah. <laughs> Frank says that he thinks Jack is being set up by the real Maniac Cop. So Frank goes to visit Jack in prison and Jack tells Frank that he was seeing his partner Teresa. So Frank asks him where he could find her and Jack tells him that she's on duty tonight. So Teresa is working, as a, working vice as a hooker and brush, brushes off a potential John who makes her as a cop almost immediately. As the John leaves, she goes into the alley for a cigarette and Maniac Cop is there. She identifies herself as a cop, showing her badge, but Maniac cop tries to throttle her. She shoots him a couple times, and at that moment, Frank drives by and hears the gunshots and goes into the alley. He gets a few shots off, too, and gets attacked by Maniac Cop, but then Maniac Cop disappears. So Frank takes Teresa to a bar, and they have a few drinks to settle their nerves. Teresa tells Frank that the only person she told about her and Jack's relationship is a woman named Sally Nolan. Frank doesn't know who she is, despite being on the job for 20 years, possibly because Frank doesn't want to fuck her. And then (laughs) Teresa mentions that she walks with a cane. And you definitely know that Frank doesn't want to fuck her. Right. He makes up his, but you can see it in the scene. Oh no, I, I don't want that. <laughs> oh, <a> cane, gross. <laughs> Can't use that in sex. <laughs> so Frank calls Teresa cab and sends her to her, his apartment to hide out for a couple days. We know what you're doing, Frank. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very obvious. Classic Tom Atkins move. Yeah. Get he wrote drunk. that in. Yeah.
3: Is there any way I could be banging her? <laughs>
1: So Frank goes to the precinct to try and get some info, When he runs into Sally Nolan. He kind of gives her a few threads of information to let her know that he's on the case, including that Teresa got attacked, but she's fine now. He leaves, but waits for her in the parking lot for her to leave, and he tails her. He follows her to the docks, where she meets with Maniac Cop. She pleads with him to not kill the girl, just the commissioner and the mayor. She calls him by name, Matt, and says that she thought he would only kill drug dealers and killers. Frank watches on, but knocks over a piece of wood, causing Sally to fire wildly into the night. But she winds up thinking it's just a cat. And Frank goes to leave and gets stopped by the night watchman, who also mentions that the dock is going to be leveled in the next week. So Frank goes to the records department and looks up all the information that he can find on Matt Cordell. We find out that Matt Cordell was a sort of a legend in the forest, but he was a shitty cop because he's shoot first, ask questions later type of guy. Yep, Never. Yeah, made him a legend. I don't. I think this is where the movie starts to just steep into fantasy just a little bit. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, cops always do the job the right way. So Frank and the cop that runs the records department talk about how Cordell got locked up for, quote unquote, they they brush it off like it's silly, for violating people's rights. Okay. Yeah, he, he was yeah. like, yeah,
3: violated rights or... Are... Something along those lines. <laughs> I guess killers have rights, too. Yeah,
1: they do, unfortunately. <laughs> that's that's how the law works. The guy also mentions that Cordell had a girl on the force and threw herself out a window when he died, and she survived and is now crippled. Hmm. Still Kane. still ass-ugly, though, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just, it's such a detail that just does not need to... Yeah, she wasn't much to look at, but she was a nice girl.
3: <laughs> right, yeah, maybe... And, and you know what? It's not fair because that's like when you're describing a man, no other guy is going to say that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, he wasn't much to look at. But when they're describing a woman, it's so sexist. Yeah. Like, yeah, not much to look at. Or she was hot. And it's like, man, like it, it's, it's such a one-way street. Yeah. And it, and it was, even back
1: then, it was even worse. Yeah. It's also funny that he he's sad for her about trying to kill herself because tough thing to do for a Catholic girl. <laughs> a tough thing to do for anybody i guess. right <laughs> only catholic women have it hard so frank after, after he has this weird conversation with this guy who just knows everything frank leaves and maniac cop sleeps on a bench in the abandoned pier his eyes wide open as he dreams of the judge that put him away and then back to, to the time where he got stabbed in the showers
3: oh that, that scene when they're checking him into the uh, the prison, yeah, goes on forever. Yeah. Like we get it, they <laughs> hate him.
1: Yeah, it's like two full minutes of just cross dissolves of prisoners, just like look who it is, guys, Cornell. Right, they're throwing their cigarettes at them.
3: Yeah, yeah. all right. Well, well. <laughs> all the turntables <laughs> have turned. Yeah, that I was like, they're gonna go again, aren't they? They are. <laughs> they're doing another
1: one. This is great. But yeah, it, it went on forever. So then Teresa visits Jack in prison along with Frank, and they tell him that they have a reason to believe that. It is Cordell that's been killing people and he didn't really die when he was supposed to. So Frank leaves the visitation room to let uh, Teresa and Jack talk and heads to Sally's desk. He sees she's been looking at the Maniac Cop file and then Frank looks through her purse and finds a white glove similar to Maniac Cops and then Sally pops up out of nowhere and beats Frank with the cane screaming that Quote-unquote, he knows and there's no stopping him. She really wallops Frank and then leaves without her cane. She stumbles through the hallway. She sees a cop that's been hung from the ceiling and screams. As she screams, Frank goes to calm her down and brings her back to into the room. But Maniac Cop busts through a glass window and pulls her through a door. And Maniac Cop throttles her, slams her into the wall as Frank tries to shoot Maniac Cop. But he's just uh, shrugging off all the bullets. Maniac Cop tosses her aside, seemingly killing her. Then Frank grabs frank and starts tossing him around teresa comes out of the visitation room to investigate the noise and she sees a couple of cops that have been killed outside of the investigation room so jack and teresa leave the visitation room and jack tells teresa to go get into frank's car and he's going to find frank and they'll leave so she goes down and waits in the car Uh, meanwhile frank gets tossed out the window and lands onto a cab next to the car teresa is sitting in jack finds broken window and that's
2: when i turned off the movie right
3: <laughs> it, it, that was a little bit of a bummer. Like, oh man, Tom Atkins is gonna make it to the end of the movie.
1: Right. Yeah, I would like to see him. Him at least have a last stand.
3: Right. Yeah, he's like the last person that gets killed by a maniac cop.
1: Yeah. Or like, try and blow him up or something like that. You know. Right. Create a diversion. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm imagining like, uh, Doctor Loomis at the end of Halloween 2, just blowing things shit up.
3: Right. Like they have that in like they have that final confrontation where you know tom atkins like you used to be a legend on the force what happened to you and look what you've become man and it's just like all that stuff and then he yeah, he just gets blown away or something but uh <laughs> no he just gets thrown unceremoniously out the window
1: yeah and then maniac, cool. Cap, maniac cop says you know you're either with me or against me and then tom atkins says only a maniac cop deals with that af- in absolute
3: <laughs> oh i've watched I did watch Phantom Menace over the weekend. You're full of shit, man. Oh! Qui-Gon Jinn didn't even want to bring Anakin with him at first. He didn't want it. Crazy. (laughs) This is for another time.
1: (laughs) Only a maniac cop deals in absolutes. That's great. That's the uh, the Instagram post this week. Yep. (laughs) Uh, it's, It's never been so clear. Jack finds a broken window and sees Frank on top of the cab and then a couple of beat cops show up, but he pulls a gun on them and manages to escape by telling them to lie on the ground, finds Teresa, and they leave together. So Jack and Teresa head to Sing Sing Prison in order to keep Frank's appointment with the prison coroner and start asking questions about Matt Cordell. And the Matt Cordell case posing as Frank. He eventually asks for some identification, and the game is up. They say that Frank has been killed, and he realizes that Jack is wanted for the murder, uh, but they tell him that the cops were murdered by Cordell because they know he wasn't dead at the prison at the time. We flash back to the coroner, realizing that Cordell was still alive on the table, and then he performed CPR on him. Coroner says that he was more alive than dead he was more dead than alive when they released him, and he was suffering severe brain damage and he couldn't go back into prison population, so that's why they released him and pretended he died. And then he kicks him out of their off his office. So we hit the St. Patrick's Day parade as Jack and Teresa expect Cordell to show up and try to kill the chief of police and the mayor. Teresa goes to talk to the commissioner while Jack lays low looking for cordell she tells the commish that cordell is doing the killings and that frank was the one that thought that was him at first so then the commish says that frank left an answer a message on his answering machine talking about his theory but it's vague enough where it means it 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 could have been anybody that he was talking about in terms of who he thinks the killer was so the commissioner has Teresa arrested for accessory to murder and she pleads with him not to go to the parade because cordell's been to kill him and the mayor him and Captain Riley leave her in the hands of a cop, who then immediately tries to have sex with her, maybe as the cut as the commish and the captain waits for the elevator, they're stabbed by maniac cop in the hallway. But actually, the cop isn't trying to have sex with her; he just wants her to admit to her role in the killing so he could get the collar and get a promotion out of it. He gets Which mad. Kind when-
3: of refreshing.
1: It was, yeah,
3: yeah, because yeah. I definitely felt like, oh my god, he's gonna try to bang her. Yep. No, he was like- actually looking out for his career. Yeah. Which is still cool. sleazy, but it's a different kind of sleazy. <laughs> but it's still, it's, it's, it's kind cool. <laughs> Right. Because I kind of, I would have kind of went the same way. Like, listen, in my mind, you're guilty. So just admit it. And I get a, I, ra- I get a raise. My kids get, you know, they get to go to college. Everything works out.
1: Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter to you. You're in jail either way. At least to help a guy, a low, a lolo a lowly guy out. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm trying to make detective. Yeah. <laughs> He gets mad when she says she wants a lawyer before they continue talking, so he decides to book her like he was supposed to do. As they walk down the hallway, Maniac Cop guts him with a knife, killing him. Teresa then has to pull dead cop because she's handcuffed to him around, trying to hide in an office. She takes the keys off the dead cop's belt and undoes the cuffs, just as Maniac Cop breaks down the door. So Teresa climbs out the window onto the roof. Meanwhile, a couple of cops make Jack on the street and handcuff him into the back of the panty wagon and a maniac cop grabs the driver out, to the, uh, out the front seat and then drives off with Jack in the back. So Teresa jumps into a cruiser with a cop and tells him to drive after the paddy wagon, and a car chase ensues. Over the radio, they make an announcement that he's headed to the pier, and she has an idea of exactly where they're going. So they go racing through the city down to the pier, maniac cop running over the night watchman as they would drive past. So he makes it to the pier and starts hacking at the back of the door of the paddy wagon. Jack jumps out of the car just as the maniac cop knocks down the back door and then picks him up and tosses him at Teresa as she shows up with a shotgun. She drops the shotgun, and Maniac Cop picks it up. The other cop that drove Teresa gets shot by Maniac Cop, and then Jack kicks the gun out of his hands. There's a tussle, and the Maniac Cop tries to jump in the front seat of the paddy wagon and tries to drive off, but Jack jumps onto the side and starts punching Maniac Cop and distracts him enough that he drives into a beam that goes through the windshield and pins him to the seat, and then he drives him off the pier. Jack jumps off the paddy wagon as it falls, and swims back to shore. Eventually, the cops come and pull the wagon out of the water, but Maniac Cop isn't in there. And the camera pans down to the water, and Maniac Cop comes, at the hand, comes out of the water and touches the pier at freeze frame. That's the end of Maniac Cop. So don't even, we don't even know if Jack gets off, right? No, we don't. But I, I guess they they just leave it like, oh, you know,
3: he's fine. Because right? he's, he's surrounded by every other cop. No one yeah. brings him in. Like, there
1: isn't evidence of people seeing regular man- mania. right because everyone else is dead <laughs> everybody else yeah. is dead
2: yeah the only thing that's possible is that they know someone else drove that car because right. the group of cops said they handcuffed them and threw him in the back and it would be impossible for him to drive that truck
1: true right
2: that's about it He's
1: but I don't pretty... think
2: any of them know it's that cop yeah you know for sure good this is point. an interesting
1: one this was an interesting movie yeah. I enjoyed it I thought it was gonna be wackier. So I was I was honestly a little disappointed. Like it, it it does drag a little bit towards the end. Dan, I don't disagree, yeah. but it was fun to watch. You know, see Tom Atkins, Bruce Campbell, Robert Zadar with his like it's hard to say with his crazy looking chin because it's like he has like a condition. But it, right, it's yeah, it's a it's a still wild to see. Yeah, it's jarring. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's got that 80s that New York aesthetic to it, which I always appreciate. Um. Yeah, I enjoyed myself for the first time in a couple of weeks. When yeah. Was the last time? We, when was the last time we watched a movie that we enjoyed? Um. RoboCop. No, I mean that was in January. That was a movie we loved. I feel like <laughs> we've had to see a movie that we didn't hate, right? Yeah, there's got to
3: be something. I can't think of it right now, but I'm sure there's one out there this year so far. But there's it has been a while. Be something, right? Oh, cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Yeah. that was, was good, yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, we all liked cliffhanger. Yeah, but right, because then we we did nothing but trouble, which was
1: Barbarella yeah, was eh. interesting.
3: Yeah, it, I like Barbarella just for the the whole pop culture right. uh, significance. Otherwise, that movie kind of sucked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing but trouble was. It's definitely top ten worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs>
1: The past two weeks have been kind of tough, because mm-hmm. cool, cool World we did last week, and that was tough, too. Yeah, and that was kind of like a wasted opportunity movie. Yeah. This movie, you really
3: get what you ask for. It, it, the, the title delivers. It delivers on the promise of a
1: Maniac Cop. Yes.
3: Yeah. So. And I think the only thing I would have changed is I would have liked to have known why Maniac Cop is nigh immortal. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah. Because it he gets is. shot quite a bit. He gets shot quite a bit, and they say that he didn't die, so he, I don't know. Right. Now, are are they just going for the
3: whole Jason Voorhees thing where Jason can't die for unexplained reasons, right? I, I don't know. Right. I don't know. It. must be. Right, because, I mean, there's two more Maniac Cops, I'm assuming, yeah. all with Cordell being said Maniac. Uh, I think I at the
1: very least, at the very least, Maniac Cop 2 okay. is with Cordell.
3: Yeah, I I I think yeah the two thirds of this movie are a lot of fun. It's very silly. Um, again, you have like Anthony said, you have Bruce Campbell, Tom Atkins, two B movie horror stars, and um, they're fun when they interact. You know, they ham it up a little bit, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, there's this movie is nothing special really. You know, it's just it's if you like schlocky horror movies, then you're gonna like this movie, but it, it's a very niche audience.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did enjoy it. Probably sounds like a little bit more, but um, yeah, it was, it was a good change of pace from the last two movies we did. Definitely. All right.
1: Uh, I think that's all, all the time we have for this week. Uh, you guys want to plug your shit? Sure.
3: At uh, the Aquino That's my personal Twitter account. And uh, you know, I also, I run the stranger Damies Twitter account. That's our real play D and D podcast. So if you need uh, updates on when we're streaming or uh, about the new episodes that are coming out, or if you just want to talk D&D, movies, whatever, just uh, hit us up there. If, if you like what we're doing, let us know. We would love to to know how our Real Play D&D podcast is going. We enjoy it, and we hope that you're enjoying it.
2: Yeah, and uh, Stranger Damies, as Dan mentioned, our, our D&D podcast uh, has new episodes every other Wednesday. Um, and hopefully, um, at some point, we uh, get into a and A session for some of those in between weeks. Um, we're gonna constantly be trolling questions through YouTube. Uh, or, no, I'm sorry, uh, through Twitter, um, for you guys to uh, ask uh, some questions. Um, hopefully, by the time the next time we stream live on uh, Twitch.tv/GameballPod, um, I have updated the YouTubes to kind of be, you know, right up to that session. Um, even if the audio is a little lagging behind. So, fingers crossed on that. Um, But you can, like I said, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at StrangerDamies. We have the Game Vault Podcast, which is our um, gaming-focused show. Um, That airs every other Monday. Um, It's on all socials at Game Vault Pod. Um, And then we stream on Twitch.tv slash Game Vault Pod about five nights a week. Uh, Wednesday um, is Apex After Dark, or basically Multiplayer Shooter Wednesday. Um, Thursday, I am currently doing playing through uh, Paper Mario. Uh, Friday is we alternate between recording the podcast and streaming stranger Damies. Um, Saturday is um, uh, usually kind of being a grab bag day if, if wh- whatever Jen feels like doing if she still wants to, to do on Saturday and it's usually day by day or phasmophobia. Um, Sunday is uh, Dan of the Wild, um, where uh, Dan here plays uh, through Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And uh, on Monday is uh, Tom's retro stream where he'll play our retro roulette game um, from the podcast one week, and then his um, the uh, whatever old school game he's playing now. He's playing It in, and um, I think by the time this airs, we've had another episode of It in where we may not make much progress because he accidentally lost a very key item in that game that makes the game shorter. We um, lost the ability to fast travel. So now we literally have to walk everywhere. So the the positive part of it is that hopefully his characters will be leveled up enough that it would it's not gonna make any frustrating refights near the end. Um, but yeah, and then two moments happened with that. Um, go watch the archives on our YouTube channel for Game Vault Pod where he realizes he did it and and um, comes short of cursing himself out on um, live on the air. And it also ignores me when I try to tell him to save in a different slot, um, despite the fact that I'm reading ahead in the FAQ for that. Um, So, those are some pretty good moments um, in that podcast, Um, or at least for me. I don't know so much for Tom. But uh, so, yeah, check us out there. Always a fun time.
1: Okay, great. And this is they called this movie. You can find us on Spreaker and wherever you get your podcast, just by searching they called this movie. We're at That is our main website. You go there, find us, uh, find our articles, find our shows. A bunch of great stuff up there. It's themainnamey.com, and that is also our social. So at the main Dame, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, just by searching the main Dame. We're also on TikTok. Post some videos up there. That's they call this movie. You can find us there at that. Follow us. Uh, we'll follow you back. They call this a movie on TikTok. We're also proud member Geek Vibes Nation. You can find us. You can find them at gbnation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps. Just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, there is surely a show for you. That's gonna wrap it up this week. This week it was Maniac Cop. The director was William Lustig. So. For Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Vecchio telling William Lustig, Well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?